Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. And what's happening in my world is that I finally have that feeling that spring may be here. It is. It is. It isn't. Who knows? Whatever it is, there's color aplenty. Walking around, I'm just seeing bright pink wherever I go. Having a look at various bits and pieces, all the stuff bouncing out at you. And there's an air of optimism. Should I say optimism that people are holding back on because of the state of things that are going on in the country? It's very difficult to be optimistic. But when it comes out to your garden, I think we can be optimistic now that we should be getting rid of the pollution in the air that things should just look a little bit cheerier. And somebody who always makes me very cheery whenever I get to chat him. Of course, from the Bedding Plant Association, Peter Goodwin, how are you? It's been a while. It has been a while, but it is really good to be back. And I think your comment about spring is here. It is definitely here. You know, just driving around, and you mentioned the pinks. I'm looking at the greens. Mm. All of a sudden, everything's coming into bud. It's coming into leaf. And Things are not looking so rosy in many instances in the country. But, you know, we always have a spring. We always have a season. Yes. And I think what's exciting is we can look forward to getting into our gardens. And there's nobody else who can interfere in our gardens. they our space. Yes. It's where we can go. And it's our solitude. It's our relaxing. It's just, oh, I think it's very exciting, you know. And one thing we can always be assured of in our industry is we will have a season. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter if there's a world war. There will be a season. Because September and October are just those two most wonderful, wonderful months. I love spring. I was born, well... In the Northern Hemisphere, it was autumn, but I always think of myself as a spring baby. So I, it's my favorite, time, my favorite time of the year, I must be honest. Although I do love summer and that summer somnolence when you've just got those very calm colors. Spring is so bright. It's in your face. It's like, hello, world, we're waking up again. What I really get fascinated with is, you know, there's a lot of problems to do with annuals. And people say, oh, you know, why must we use annuals these days with all the lovely perennials? Mm. But the annuals bring us through a colorful winter as well. Mm. And we mustn't forget that, you know. And don't now all of a sudden start ripping out all the primulas and everything that's growing so beautifully at the moment. I mean, the poppies are doing so well at the moment. And I think, you know, this is what's also exciting is for two plantings a year, you can have color in your garden. Through thick and thin, really, yes. winter and summer. Yes, this is the time. But we've come through a wonderful, wonderful winter. Well, we haven't really had a well, winter. We haven't had a winter. You're, and that's scary. That is very scary because of all those horrible little hohos out there that you know usually yeah. would get annihilated by the cold. But, well, it is what it is. So yeah. we can sit there and say, oh, we didn't have a cold winter. In some ways, we're really blessed. I and think other, we Now we, we just have to deal it. with the aftermath. And it won't happen. I think people are becoming very conscious in gardening and they're moving to the natural ways of getting rid of pests. I think mm. companion planting is very, very popular and very prominent now. And I think with all these things, and there's a big no to the insecticides to a certain extent, mm. I think with all this happening, gardens are getting healthier. I think people are tending to leave them, they're feeding well, and therefore the plants are doing well. Yeah. But the color is just amazing. You know, I just think for the people who don't have gardens that they can get away from. And I mean, quite frankly, it is nice that we can create our own little island, our own little haven where we don't have to get out into the streets. And I think people are getting a little bit worried about what's going on, obviously, in the bigger centers Mm, where mm. things have been a bit hectic that you don't want to go out. But for those people who are locked in just in apartments or things like that, I mean, 
Go and visit a garden center. I get my jollies by working in a garden center on weekends because I don't have enough space to plant everything I want. So I can just have a look at all the wonderful plants and really get enthused and go and help other Mm. people get enthused about it as well. So if you are one of those unfortunate people who do not have a garden, then either go to one of the parks. I think the parks are looking quite good at the moment. People are really thinking about creating communal outdoor spaces, which are good for people. But go to a garden center. I know that at some of yours, you've got benches where people come and just sit down and read their book because well, they don't have a garden. it's always amazed me that people do that. You yeah. know, they just want to be in the plants. They want to be among the plants. But, you know, I'm also looking at, and what they can pick up at all the retail nurseries, is good ideas for what we're looking at at the moment is balcony gardening, for yes. instance. You know, we've always said you can grow enough veggie to supply a family of four on the size of a door. Yes. Now, that kind of thing is becoming very popular. There are lovely containers that are available today. So you can actually, on your balcony, really have a lovely garden. Yeah. And, yeah, space is becoming an issue. I think gardens generally have got smaller. And we're finding that even with the choice of plants, people are choosing differently. The thing that's come back in in a big way is fruit trees. Yes. I mean, everybody has to have a fruit tree. Well, this is the thing is that I remember, and I've mentioned this before, that a few years back, I mean, you could get like maybe two different kinds of lemon and orange, mm, mm. Uh, a couple of apples, peaches, plums. Now you can get nuts, you can get kiwi fruits. It's all there. You can get everything. What I love about the kiwi fruit is that you have to have one male. Every five females. <laughs> I just thought, you dirty little rascal, you. It's those kind of things. And people are coming in and saying, do I need to buy two trees because we need a male and a female? But the answer, stock answer these days, of course, no, they're grafted. Yes. So, of course, it's actually one of those things that you don't need. But I mean, avocados, anything, mango trees, and they've all been bred for the area in which they're being sold. This is the other thing is that Gauteng has become very popular for growing, yes, banana yeah. trees. Yes, and I've been growing a pineapple for the last year and a half in a glass of water. It's doing well. Eventually, I might plant plant it outside. <laughs> this yeah. thing keeps going. And it's fabulous to see people who are coming in who go, I'm going to ask you a really silly question. I'm like, there's no such thing as a silly no. question if you don't know what the answer is. Mm, mm. Okay, And it's fabulous to see so many people who are coming in and wanting to like grow things, even if they have no idea. And that's what we're here for, is to give people the information on how to do stuff. Well, I think this is where the retails have gone out of their way to, you know, a lot of people say to me, but, you know, what, what's the difference between, for instance, a box store and a nursery? Yeah. You know, I think the box stores, yes, they're there for a purpose. A and they store? sell a lot of, well, I call them box stores, you know, your normal, the big stores that are not nurseries. But, you know, I think basically what we're saying at a nursery is you really get good information. You get a feeling in a nursery. Mm. You know, I think a lot of nurseries, we often talk about the ambience of a nursery. You know, in rugby, we talk about gears. Yes. And I believe a nursery has got a gears. Yeah. And sometimes some nurseries have different gears, but there's a place for everybody. And we're finding we've just started a new one in Honeydew again. And it's amazing how it's young people that are coming yeah. in. And that's exciting And for they're us. the ones who haven't got big gardens. They no, have they tiny, haven't. tiny little gardens, but they want to create something that they feel… And they're not coming in with their moms. No. That's also exciting. And they often are not coming in with their cell phones on because that's the most oh, scary thing. Oh, my goodness, when they walk in with the cell the phone. Cell phone, and phone like, on. I want these and I can't exactly. have it. Why? 
Well, because you don't get them in mm. South Africa. Yeah. I mean, so the Google and Instagram have been like a little bit detrimental when you have to explain to the yeah. tech generation that not everything in the whole world is available. But it really yeah. is lovely to see them come in and they get so excited. And when I show them, you know, that you can put your hand into a bag of compost and it remains clean. Yeah. Oh, they said, you know, we thought <laughs> compost was dirty. And it's, it's little things like that that are coming to light. And I just think it's great. I but think the it's is there and, you know, hopefully like us, the rest of the people out there will just be going, my blood is green. Not just because we're going, go Boca, but yeah, because no, also because we, we just love everything that's green. So what have we got on the bedding plant front for the next month or well, so? Well, also some very exciting news. We have launched an impatient, which is... I'm going to say 99% disease-free. Yeah. And that's very exciting because what's happened is we did do the divine, which over the many years has helped us out with impatience. It's a New Guinea impatient. Mm. It was coming in a four-pack, so it was quite expensive. Okay, before we get into that, mm. what's the difference between the impatience that got the fungus? Well, was it a fungus or a mold? It was, well, it's actually, mold, downy it's, mulgy. A, it's a downy mulgy. mulgy. So what's the difference between the busy Lizzie impatience and a New Guinea impatience? The one's a perennial, the other one's an annual. Okay, so the that's busy Lizzie is an annual, and the that's busy, the one that got the hammered. Bu- that's the old one that got, yeah, I think we used to call them super alphans, yeah. busy Lizzies. They were the ones that really got hammered and are still being hammered. Mm. Unfortunately, we have tried, we've kept them in the nurseries. What we did last year was we pulled ours very early, we launched them early, and mm. then took them off the market in November. Because that's when this disease seems to sort of come and there's up. there's lots of rain. But now we've got a new one called a beacon. Mm. And this really is, it's a disease-resistant impatient. It's exactly the same as the old Busy Lizzie. So for people who remember the good old impatient, as we would call it, yeah. this is the answer to that. It's come in, it's been trialed, they've put it in with plants that had the disease, mm-hmm. it's shown no sign of getting the disease. So I think this is something that's really exciting that's happened in the bedding plant yeah. industry this year, is we can relaunch and know that impatience could come back and be a number one. Have they trialed it, putting it into the soil that was maybe had the spores from beforehand? I mean, in case people no, have cleaned they, the soil out No, probably? but they have trialed it where the old super alphans actually did fall prey to the disease, mm-hmm. and they didn't. Okay, so the so, super alphans is the perennial. and No, no, the super alphan is your normal old oh, busy old, lizzie. old busy lizzie. Remember okay. the old busy lizzie. So it's the divine, which is the one. The divine is guaranteed disease-free. There's no question. Yeah, and that is the one that took over from the super alphan a few years ago. But it is quite expensive, and a lot of people felt it wasn't quite as delicate. Mm. You know, Busy Lizzie's just had, they had the color, they had that bright green leaf. It was a very delicate plant, whereas what we call the New Guinea or the Super Alpha, the, the, yeah, the New Guinea would be the one. Yes. That one, it tends to be, it's not as delicate, but its colors are very radiant. Yes. It does very well in pots, it does well in containers. If you've got irrigation, it can do well in the sun. So, you know, it really just offered everything. It's one and only. Only thing was that it is a little bit more, more expensive. expensive and people would then say, oh, but I'm only getting 24 plants or I'm only getting four plants. Yeah. But the growth of the plants is also something that we need to mention. It's very vigorous. And it's bigger than the And it is slightly patients. bigger. And so, taller. And it does get taller and its spread is a bit... It, Probably the spread would be about the same. The mm. height would be different. Mm. But it is guaranteed disease-proof. So now with the beacon, I think we've overcome our problem with impatience and for me that's very very exciting i've always loved the new guinea impatience because i love the look of the leaves 
Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I think no, they do have a different tooth. And they also have the sun patients now as well, which sun is patients, one that can handle popular. the sun. Yeah. But that one you won't get in a tray. Most of the times your sun patients, you're buying in a pot. Yes. Again, because of the license, because of the costs, et yes. cetera, et cetera. But, you know, people are using begonias very successfully in sun areas oh, here today. We go again with here begonias. we go. <laughs> I have to mention them, but they're good. I know that they're good. They have their place. <laughs> no, they do say. have their place. Yeah. And I think, you know, if one looks around at the moment, I mean, I just looking through the gardening magazines that have come out now, there is just so much color around. Mm. It really is amazing. And I think it's now time to get excited. We now know that we've got an impatient which is not going to get the disease. Mm. And I think that was scary for a lot of people because the sad thing with the disease on the impatient was we noticed it too late. Because well, it's like pretty much a lot of things that happen. People don't get out into their gardens. Yeah. It's like with shot hole borer that people are noticing it it's too, late. too late. Yeah. So you need to get out ahead. But it, thank goodness something has come in now. Because I mean, how many years ago was it that the Dani Muldoo first started? I remember us Probably talking six about it or ages seven ago. Years. And it was, I mean, that could have like well, it knocked people our out industry. of business. Well, yeah. it did. I mean, it really did. You know, Impatience was our number one seller always for yeah. many, many years. And then when this did come, and of course, in the first two years, we were actually having to replace plants because people would come back and say, oh, Your plants, plants have died yeah. and you've sold me diseased plants. And it was terrible. But we got through it. Yeah. And now with these ones, I think we can really look forward to many, many years of happy gardening now with all the new impatience, the different colors that you can get. Because that's the other thing people really like about impatience is the colors. Ah, oh, but there's one, you said the problem with beacon, is there no pink in there's the beacon? There's no pink. They've got a salmon. That's absolutely awful. What are we going to do without a pink? Exactly. <laughs> but I don't think it's a crisis. There is a nice range of colors. If you have a look at their range of colors, <laughs> yeah, if you have a look at their range of colors, uh, there definitely is a nice range. They've mm. got the white, and that no, the white is good because white always brightens up all the other colors. Yes, you know, I think that's important. And especially but as I mean, it's in a shady area, so you need to get that. You need kind the of lift, lighter yeah. colors. I've never been a great fan of the dark colored impatiens. In any rate, the reds and the oranges, mm. I find that that's in the shade. You lose it a little bit. But of course, now we're saying that you can plant impatiens. You certainly can plant them in morning sun which is also very exciting because in the old days you couldn't plant impatience anywhere but in the shade. Yes. You know, and now they've been planted very successfully in areas that get a lot of morning sun because that's not so strong. It's just to beware of the afternoon sun. That's gets 3 o'clock to 5. Yeah, so it. if it's too hot out in the afternoon where you're standing, it's too hot for your impatience. Talking about spring because it apparently has sprung. No wonder I've got a bounce in my step. I'm turning back into Tigger again. I always wonder, you know, what Winnie the Pooh character are you? I'm sorry, Peter Goodwin, you're Pooh. <laughs> oh, really? As far as I'm concerned, whenever I've met you, you know, the, the, apparently every single person in the world can actually be um, qualified as one of the characters from Winnie the Pooh. You know, Eeyore's the manic depressive and oh, really? Tigger's got it, ADD and that's me. I'm Tigger. But Pooh is the one, I don't know what his, his thing is, but you always remind me of that calm and kind of measured way of thinking and speaking, but with that underneath bit of fun and... Well, I have, to, I have to mention then at this stage, my grandkids mm. are actually going to see them. Oh, really? Yes, they're overseas and they're going to see Winnie the Pooh because they're both, of course, very, very keen on this whole uh, thing. Winnie the Pooh's yeah. fantastic, and especially when you get into those, I mean, this has got nothing to do with plants, but no. it's something which is quite inspirational. When you get into, what is it, the Tao of Pooh and the Tao of Piglet, um, those books that were written by yes, somebody else yes. using philosophy and the yeah. philosophies. I mean, Owl is 
I think narcissistic personality disorder and Kanga has like wow. fear of wide open spaces, which why you need Listen, to keep can we get back in. to plants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's lovely. Yeah, no, what, it you know, lovely. What Winnie the Pooh character are you? I think I vacillate between Kanga and Tigger. I've but never looked at it like that. Yeah, you must have. I know my little granddaughter thing. loves Eeyore. That's her baby. Oh, and no. My mother's Eeyore. Oh, really? <laughs> Eeyore's the one with bipolar disorder. Oh, okay. Well, back to plot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we were talking about annuals and specifically the impatience, which is always going to be people's first choice when it comes to spring yes. flowers for shade and for sun, although we now also have perennials, as we discussed. What other annuals are coming onto your radar? I know which ones are on mine. Okay, well, look, you know, you've got a wide range of annuals coming up now. All your alisums are coming in, starting at the beginning with the A's. The B's, the balsams are coming in. The one that really is one of my favorites is the marigold. I know a lot of people don't mm. like them, but as a companion plant, they're wonderful. I don't if mind the want... lemon drops. Well, do you know, funnily enough that you mentioned that one, I mean, there's all sorts of marigolds out there, and they've spent a lot of time developing new ones. Mm. But people still love the good old favorite lemon drop. Very, yeah. very popular. The color is so wonderful. It's like a really bright and cheery yellow. But now you're getting a very nice gold yellow one, which nah. is really nice. Um, <laughs> they really are nice. And I see in the magazines, they're talking about salvias. Salvias are making a huge yeah, comeback. Yeah, there's some beautiful salvias coming But now out. in the annual, we of course, we do have a lot of the different salvias. There's mm. a salvia mix. There's a salvia dress parade, which is the red. You get a tall salvia. You get a dwarf salvia. So, and yeah. And you get the perennial salvias as and well. And then, of course, the, well, that's what they're there. talking about is yeah. the perennial salvia. We do one in trays called the blue one, which is really, really nice, the salvia mm. blue. Um, yeah, it's just all happening. Vincas are going to be coming in. A lot of people come in and ask for vincas early in the season. We tend to introduce them a little bit later. They normally which come ones in. Which are these? Because don't forget we've got the periwinkle, which went onto the invasives list, and yes, the variegated no, this one, is your which is a annual, The annual vincas. Yeah. And they're noticeable by their very bright foliage and they're very nice and short. Now, you remember the old vincas used to grow tall. In fact, they were, you always found them at the graveyards. Mm-hmm. That was sort of where they were popular, but very hardy, very drought resistant. And I think that's something else we've got to be cautious of going into summer now is really water. Please, guys, remember water is short in this country. Yeah, we're only allowed to. We're back now into not being allowed to water between 6 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the evening. Oh, okay. And I don't want to have to go and wrap people over the knuckles while I'm driving around and see your irrigation on in the middle of the day or your guys outside watering down the road. And I think but we mustn't get negative and think that that's the end of the world. You know, I think if we all play our part now, I mean, I always look at the Capetonians and how they got through that serious, serious problem that they had. And they really did well. And I think we're not there yet, but it can come. And I think as long as we remain and look after our gardens, water at the right times, you know, me and my early morning watering. You know, I think these are the important things. A lot of annuals don't need to be watered every day. So don't panic. Don't get into a frenzy. You know, the busy Lizzie, your impatience mm. is one of those plants that really does tell you. But if they're looking a bit sad in the afternoons, don't go and water them. Water them the next morning. They'll yes. pick up within a half an hour to an hour, and they're looking fresh and full of color again. We don't like gardens to go to bed wet because what happens in the evenings is a lot of your nocturnal insects come out, and they thrive on that moist 
sort of very wet atmosphere mm-hmm. and we don't want that i mean even going to the shady gardens where you've got your snails and slugs etc you know the damper you are at night the worse your problem is going to be so try and make your garden as dry as you can through the day water early your plants will be healthy your soil will be dry when the sun goes down and that's the perfect way to do it that's if you can thing. do that that's a good it thing it really is i'm looking at all of these things that you've got spread out in front of you i mean well, you know, all this amazing you know, color and and there's one bright yellow thing well, you know i have to mention this one because i wasn't aware that we even mm-hmm. had one mm-hmm. and one this what, is a, Peter? what this would that is be? an annual of the year you didn't even know there was and an annual of the year a nasturtium <laughs> now to me a nasturtium is once you've planted one mm. they remain in your garden for years and years to come and i was very excited to see this because it's something you know People will buy seed. We don't do seedlings of it. You're yeah. really, it's not often that you'll find a tray of nasturtium seedlings. But they come up easily. They're great for the kids to play with. It's one of those things that the kids can plant and really in a six weeks they can see something happening. Yes. You know, kids like to see things happening quickly. And I was just blown away seeing and this this nice and bright yellow one. This again. is a nice bright yellow yeah. one. I mean, the one that we'll all remember is that old dull orange one. But they still gave color. They've got a nice broad leaf. Yeah. It's very different. And often when you've watered, you get the water droplets on them. They just are an amazing plant. And they're plant. great to eat as well. Apart from that, they also attract aphids. So you can like wait until all it's the aphids are on there and then throw plant. that away. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good companion plant. And then we also have a veggie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> You're finding out all these new things. <laughs> I must say, and this is in retirement. <laughs> okay, so now the veggie of the year. And another one which is actually going to, it's always been quite a favorite with kids because they grow very quickly. Grow quickly and that's your carrots but these are no ordinary carrots no i mean look at the picture they are purple and white and yellow and orange carrots well now funnily enough we always say to people when you buy if they're going to buy carrots especially the kids is they must plant radishes and carrots together yeah because your radishes come first and then that leaves space for the carrots to then actually have space to grow and get large So going back into the veggie garden as well, this is also something we've seen huge growth in. Herbs, veggie gardens, people are growing their own veggies, cherry tomatoes, big tomatoes. The peppers will come out soon. It's a little bit cold now. Mm. So you'll find your peppers will only end of September. You'll start getting all the different colored peppers coming out. And then you get the jalapenos, the hot and the mild ones. And the cayennes are out already, I saw. Yeah, it's... (laughs) I just think it's the right time to get into the nursery and just go and see what they've got. And yeah, there's just so much happening. And then there's also the tree of the year. What have we got here? The tree of the year. I'm going to. I'm going to take the magazine away from you. Because we are in Arbor Month, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, we are. No, we are in Arbor Month. A marula tree. I'm just worrying. I mean, I've had people come in and say, I want to buy a marula and plant it in my garden. I'm like, how many elephants do you have in the area? Might be in trouble. What about the baboons? No, I'm joking. If we're in Johannesburg, it's not too much of a problem. So the marula, which is Sclerocaria berea, it's widespread in Africa from Ethiopia all the way down to KZN. And it's a, a very easy indigenous tree to propagate, but is slow growing. So it's a medium to large deciduous tree for frost-free areas. Yeah, but you know, again, Gauteng, I think we're getting, the frost free is not that important these days. I think what's important with that one is just to remember, not in a small garden. Yeah, you and know, we can get careful. up to 18 meters in nature. Yeah. 
although it's a slow grower, it's for the bigger gardeners and for the bigger gardens. But it's the same thing. I mean, everybody says, oh, I'm going to plant false olive in my garden next to a wall because it's a good tree for a small garden. I'm like, yeah, yeah. what about the future? You've got to think trees grow and keep growing. Well, this is it. Yeah, I think. And, and your nursery will advise you when, in trees. There are a lot of trees that are available, and people all want trees. Of course, we said fruit trees are important, but a tree is a feature in a garden. Mm. And on the smaller gardens, there are lots of nice trees that are available, which you can use. I'm sure Carrie will talk to you about those as well. But going back to the veggies and to this flower of the year, I think what's important here is as well is that the, the companion plant, and it shows that it doesn't matter how old a plant is, mm. you know, they're still popular. You mean old-fashioned? Plants, well, you know, I don't, you've got to be careful with old-fashioned plants. I like old-fashioned plants. I think they're fantastic, dahlias. And I think the growers, well, I mean, the, one of the big questions we get in the industry is, why are you not growing tall snapdragons? Why are you not growing all the tall annuals? Yeah, And it is difficult because if you don't know your tall annuals, you won't buy them because they're tiny and they look in the pack and you see this tiny little yes. plant and you can't visualize that it's going to get to a meter in height. So it is, but we call them the old-fashioned and the old favorites. Well, and this is really old-fashioned, the nasturtium, because, I mean, it was very. found in the humble cottage gardens um, yes. of the royal monarch Louis the, Louis the Fourth. He had them at Versailles. So we're talking a long time ago. They've been around in the garden in Giverny as well with Monet. And he used to paint them as well. But you've got different kinds. You've got bush and trailing nasturtiums. And I'm, I think I'm pretty much more used to the trailing, trailing ones, ones. I think which we you have all in the veggie garden. And that are good. And in eat. rockeries. You know, that was yeah. where you often used to see them and in hanging the rockeries. Baskets. And hanging baskets. And that's another use. The hanging baskets at the moment are just to die for. Well, especially, as I said, people, space is at a premium. And if they don't want to go on with a vertical garden up on the wall, then hanging baskets are a fantastic and, Yeah, and if you look things. at the magazines, you know, they're using the Calibrocha, for instance. <gasps> oh, aren't they uh, just the most divine plants in the world? And then you've got a lot of new petunias that came out yes. over the last few years. So those are being used very successfully. Those tiny the lobularia. The doubles. And, oh, oh, everything's no. looking so fabulous at the moment. It really is. And I think, you know, normally we have to say, oh, you know, you go to France and go to England and see these beautiful hanging bars. I think we've got the climate to do it here. Yeah. We really have. And I think we've got the plant material. It's just getting out there and making the effort and enjoying it. I'm just seeing a basket in front of my eyes of the lobelia, oh. the purple, purple lobelia with the white lobularia. Or the Allison, it's like just spilling down on the side. Very, sides. very special. How amazing is that? There you go. So, so there's lots to get out there and Absolutely. have a look at. And as we've said, you can always just pop into a garden centre. You don't have to buy immediately. You can no. go and immerse yourself in the experience before exactly. you decide what to take home. And yep. nurserymen like Peter and myself are there to help you. And they're passionate. Yeah, we are passionate. No, We're we very are. passionate people, even <laughs> if some of us are Tigger. All right, well, that's it. So, if anybody wants to find out more about bedding plants, best resource online? I think Life is a Garden. It would be probably, there there would be an area for bedding plants on Life is a Garden. But you know, you can also Google. You know, I'm not a great fan of Google, but um, sometimes Google is your friend. It really does help you out. (laughs) And just remember when buying annuals, please just plant them carefully. Plant Plant them them properly. You know, spend a little bit of money on the fertilizer, on the bone meal, so that you can really get good plants and and get good value. And on the compost. All right. Peter, thank you so much. We'll catch you again in a couple of months, I would imagine. Um, for the rest of you, get out into your gardens, have some fun, and above all, stay grounded. Bye. 
For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded.